You learn who you are by unlearning who they taught you to be. Nikki Rowe. What's up and welcome back to another coffee talk today. We're gonna to be doing a bit of a cosmic brew, but it is kind of like, I would say it's like an infused cosmic coffee brew because I'm going to be sharing my personal experience of Bali. I asked you guys on Twitter if you would have rathered me talk about my Bali awakening or my past life experiences, which I'm going to be doing both, but you guys said that you wanted to see this first. So today I'm gonna to talk about basically my spiritual awakening through Bali. Now I have done a full cosmic brew about my full spiritual awakening journey in general Which I feel like has been going on for quite a long time If you guys do want to know a bit more about the awakening side or how this all began back in 2018 Then definitely go check out that coffee talk as well today I'm going to basically be summing up the experience that I had in Bali how Bali changed me a lot of the Spiritual things I experienced in Bali and all of that. I'm gonna take a really quick sip of coffee Make a quick disclaimer and jump in because I do want to disclaim this for those of you that might not be interested in this style of video And there's a reason why hold on. Okay, I'm working on Getting better at releasing my own fear filter anytime I do specifically coffee talks or anything of the sort but I also am aware that I broadcast the things that I create to a wide range of people, a very wide, diverse range of people, and I love that, but it also comes with its challenges, and one of them being that I know not everybody is the same, and that includes not everybody is going to communicate in the same way or have messages or have similar translations and these are cosmic brews so they're very spiritual and I might bring up the God word quite a few times which is something that I recently myself have really dove into but I know that again even me a few months ago that would have made me uncomfortable and it no longer does so I just I guess what I'm saying is I can see it from everybody's point of view but I'm making the disclaimer that this is me really being vulnerable really cracking myself open really sharing some deep personal experiences and for that reason if these are not the experiences that interest you I highly suggest just checking out any of the other coffee talks because that might be more your thing luckily for you we have decaf brews coffee brews and espresso brews which might be more your thing specifically espresso brews because they're like the direct opposite of cosmic brews they're very like solar energy very fire very get things done very logical very earthly so definitely go check those out but yeah let's dive in because I don't want to make this intro super long and I'm excited to talk to you guys about all of the stuff that happened in Bali because Bali was amazing. Quick little reminder of kind of what Bali was in case you didn't know. I feel like, again, majority of you guys, if you've been watching the Coffee Talks or vlogs, probably know this already, but I was recently in Bali for my yoga teacher training. Now I left pretty much the day of my birthday, which will tie into all of this, and I was supposed to go for three weeks and get my 200-hour yoga teacher training certificate. I'm still getting that yoga teacher training certificate because we did all have to come home and leave the third week, so we had to leave early, but we're doing it online now. That said, just 
the experience in general, going to Bali, meeting so many new people and so many diverse people. I was the only Canadian and then there was one other girl from uh, America. Most people were from like such different places all over the world and different backgrounds and different belief systems and it was really grounding in that sense. I really needed to step outside of my norm and step outside of my comfort zone and it was exactly that. It was exactly what I needed. Yeah, that's why I was in Bali and the yoga teacher training itself, it wasn't a retreat, it was training. So yoga retreats are very submersive, very relaxing, very peaceful. Yoga teacher training is like you're actually training to become a yoga teacher. So it's class times, it's long days, it's six days a week, it was intensive. So on top of everything, I was doing this training, so it was quite a balance of yin and yang. There was a lot of me needing to focus, but also a lot of time for me to be able to kind of dive deep. And the really nice thing is the cohesiveness of learning about yoga philosophy, because I really believe in the golden rule, treat everybody the way you want to be treated, but I've never really pinned myself to one specific religion, because I like to stay open-minded, and I like to learn from all of the religions, and yoga philosophy, if I were to pin myself to any kind of religion, I would say that yoga in a lot of ways is probably the closest thing to when it comes to really aligning with most of the things that I read um, or most of the things that I learn and most of the things that I study. So learning about the yoga philosophy in that state of, yes, I need to focus and learn this, but also this is really hitting some deep stuff within me, also opened up a lot for me while I was away. Um, I rarely ever do this, but I'm going to crack open my journal and read you guys some of the stuff that I wrote while I was away, just because I feel like it's the best way for me to encompass exactly how I was feeling and share it with you. But I've also made points just so that I don't miss anything and so that we can follow a little bit of a linear timeline so I don't go all over the place with you. But long story short, yeah, hopefully this just gives you guys a little insight as to what this trip did for me and maybe it can pull out some of your own spiritual awakening or you'll be able to tie some of your own beliefs or your own experiences to a lot of the things that I was going through more mentally and more spiritually. So I want to begin with the fact that I left on my birthday and I did this for a reason. Now the reason why I decided to do my yoga teacher training, I have had this on my bucket list for a while. I've wanted to be able to do Co's flows with you guys and actually teach you guys a lot of the Ko's and yoga, sorry, not Ko's, the yoga flows that I do in my own personal time. I've always kind of shared my yoga flows on Instagram, just short little pieces of maybe the more um, advanced stuff that I like to get into, but yoga itself really taught me just how to slow down a bit more, how to tune back into my body more, and really how to just I would say it's been a journey of self-love in a lot of ways and also just tapping back into my senses and coming back to myself and coming back into my earthly worlds because I tend to, I mean, this is a cosmic brew so I don't have to, and I'm not filtering myself. So I tend to kind of float a lot into my headspace, but then even further past that, like if you guys are into astrology or anything like that, which if you're watching a cosmic brew, I'm assuming maybe you are, but Pisces, which is what I am, uh, we're known for being, or apparently are are supposed to be good representers of the afterlife and in a really weird way I feel like I can tap into that energy a lot. I hit some deep places when I meditate, I hit some deep places when I dream. I have talked to ghosts before and I've experienced a lot of 
that type of energy. So I definitely sense that I am somebody that tends to float. I'm very head in the clouds type of gal. And then I love to take all of the things that I find in the clouds and find ways to bring them down to earth. And that's kind of how catching came to be. That's how, or catcher, sorry, I'm working on catching right now. So that word is ingrained in my mind. I go to these places, especially when I'm meditating and especially when I'm dreaming. And then I always try and find ways to bring them here and, and like root them here. So I chose to do my yoga teacher training on my birthday because I wanted it to be a little symbolic and I also booked this in December when I was in the middle of a really tough time and I was feeling pretty brokenhearted at the time and really just feeling like I needed to do something or have something to kind of look forward to as I entered into that winter tunnel you know and I booked this and that broken heart will play a role in all of this, we'll come back to it, but yeah, that kind of was what triggered it, is that I knew I wanted to do it in 2020, I hadn't made any advances to really make that happen, and then, you know, it doesn't really take much more than just feeling like your heart is being broken, or you're going through a tough time to really kind of catapult you into something new, or push you to seize something, or seize anything that could make you feel like you're moving in a different direction. At least that was my experience. And so that's why I booked my yoga teacher training to leave on my birthday. It all just lined up and I read all the reviews and all of that. Again, all of this stuff, I'll leave the link where I went and who my teacher was, Leah Sugarman. She's amazing down below, but um, that's not what this is about. So I'll keep on going. So I did leave on my birthday and I had an amazing birthday this year. And one of the things that I will touch on is in my journal, on my birthday I was writing at pretty much 10 minutes left of my birthday and I was just going into how like this birthday was one of the best in a while which is so odd because I'm not dating anybody and I didn't do anything crazy for my birthday um, aside from hanging out with like my friends and my family but it was a very quiet a very grounding birthday and I wrote that my intention for this trip is clarity backbone awakening self-love and also self-discipline I'm ready to see what I'm made of I'm ready for a fresh start and I'm ready to open my heart and as soon as I wrote that, the clock struck midnight. So then I wrote down, you know, the time. And then I was like, wow, that was the last thing I wrote on my birthday. Damn. Again, looking back now, I realize that that is pretty much what set the tone or set the course of what was about to happen on this yoga teacher training. So fast forward, I go to Bali and the very first night we all meet and I'm introduced to everybody in the class and I'm introduced to my teacher and we do this big circle. And as we're sitting there, Leah, who was our teacher, she goes through the whole program and then she asks us to set an intention for the program. Now, I'm actually just realizing as I reread that journal entry from my birthday that I talked about wanting clarity, which is very interesting because I wrote in my journal on the day that we actually got there and she asked us to set an intention and I wrote, she asked us to set an intention. I kept trying to think of something and I was pulling up a lot of words. Like I was like self-love or discovery or adventure, but there was a really, really loud, deeper sense that kept on saying clarity, clarity, clarity. And I kept on being like, you know, if you've ever experienced kind of your intuition speaking to you before, again, I know that everybody channels everything differently. So maybe it's different for you, but odds are you've felt your intuition guide you or send you something or a message before. For me, a lot of the times, like I can have full on dialogues. And for me, it was like, I could literally hear my, my own voice, but also not my voice. It's very telepathic in a sense. Uh, just saying the word clarity louder than every other word that I was trying to pull. And so I was like, okay, okay, clarity. Like I'll look for clarity, relax. Like 
heard you loud and clear. So I made my intention for the trip to be clarity. I had no idea exactly what I was wanting clarity for, but at the same time, it almost felt like that could have meant for everything because life has really felt shifty lately. It's felt like I've had no idea what my future was gonna look like for a while. And yeah, so clarity became the focus. Now, another thing to note, when I was on the plane ride over to Bali is I listened to my tarot reading that I've told you guys about that I got for 2020 by Jane. Again, I talked about this in my weekly vlogs and how I would tell you guys as things started to progress if it came true. Well, I was re-listening to my reading with Jane and we talked about, well, she actually said that I would be going somewhere far away, that she saw um, palm trees and I explained that I was going on a yoga teacher training course and she was like, you need to let go while you're there. And I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, you're gonna be looking at the teacher and you're gonna be trying to figure out like how she's able to, to do what she does and you're gonna be looking around you and you're gonna be taking in all of this information and really trying to download like how to better yourself. But I also need you to let go while you're there. And again, at the time I had no idea exactly what she meant by that because that's pretty generic but boy did I find out. So that was pretty much the foundation of which I entered this whole experience. Now I'm gonna get into the nitty gritty, the thickness now, and go into how I started to really download that clarity, how I actually found the things that I needed to let go of, and how this ultimately shifted and directed the new course of my future right after we take this little mid-roll break. Have you found the keys to unlock your best trip? On a Trafalgar tour, you unlock more than just the world. We give you the key to let down your walls and make lifelong friends. The key to discovering hidden talents and fresh perspectives. From one-of-a-kind experiences to iconic destinations, Trafalgar gives you the keys to unlock your best self. Discover more at trafalgar.com unlock. That's T-R-A-F-A-L-G-A-R dot unlock. Tour differently. So as I continued to journal, and I journaled every morning and pretty much every night while I was away, the other thing that I wrote on the very first day is that I journaled how this is going to be the exact mental anchor that I need. And that word, anchor, also comes into play and, and becomes very important in just a moment. But it was very interesting, again, how much my subconscious was saying things without me really consciously tapping into them and then realizing that I would consciously tap into them later on. Looking back, really cool. So as the days continued to go, I made a couple point forms of what my journals were basically summing up because again, I'm not gonna read all of them. But day four, I talked about how my mind was feeling crisp and clear and how I felt really excited but calm. Like I didn't feel excited and like I needed to go, go, go. I felt excited but it felt very grounded and it felt very rooted. And I detoxed off of caffeine while I was on this trip. I stopped wearing makeup for the two weeks I was on this trip. I also wasn't drinking. I mean, I don't drink a lot, but I wasn't drinking any alcohol, especially coming off my birthday week, which was a good thing. So, oh, and I wasn't eating any processed foods or fast food or anything like that because, I mean, I was in Bali and everything we were eating was vegan and it was very whole foods. And so I really kind of felt like I was detoxing off a lot of things in a way. And as that was happening, by day four, I already started to notice that my mind was very crisp 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 and clear i was trying to condense those words into one and uh, I was definitely noticing the repercussions of coming off of caffeine. I was really tired, I was really shaky, and I was getting headaches. And then on top of that, I also got really sick in Bali. So the very first week I got Bali belly, and I was throwing up, I was not well, and that also really played like a lot 
it just played a toll on me for a few days. In the first few days of the yoga teacher training, I found very difficult. I wanted to quit. I wanted to go home so bad. I just felt so sick. And I felt like I just... I wasn't sure what I got myself into and I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to do it and I wasn't sure if like it almost felt like it was a little too much and I was like okay I was feeling a little unanchored and now I feel like I just threw myself into the deep end but I stayed and I stuck around and I knew that a lot of it comes from the fact that like when I feel sick it's like the one and only time that I, I feel I become very unself-sufficient when I feel sick I'm like dad come take care of me or like anyone come take care of me and it's the only time that I feel like I'm not very good at being independent is when I feel ill and so that definitely played a toll but as I moved forward um, I just kind of kept pushing through and then by day five, six, seven, I started to feel better. So day five was the first time that I journaled about having really intense dreams. Now, again, I, I've kind of disclaimed this, but my dreams are usually quite vivid and I've read not only just for catcher, but I've read a lot into like dream analy analysis and what those things can mean and symbolism in dreams. And so I like to kind of decode my dreams. Now I could be right or I could be completely wrong, but I just find it fun and I don't think it does any harm. So I wrote down a lot of the dreams I was having, one of which I felt really kind of triggered me the most. And it triggered me the most because I had a dream about the person that had broken my heart. And it wasn't necessarily the fact that the emotions when you're dreaming feel very real. I think it was more so the symbolism of what this dream was telling me. And it was telling me that there were a lot of things tied to my heart that weren't necessarily just this person or really even this person, but this person kind of symbolized a lot of those things to me and how I needed to let go. And I woke up and I was really, really like not, I, I like, I was crying. I woke up crying, but again, I know that like that sounds, it, it was really more so I felt like I had broken through to this side of me that was trying to communicate with me but couldn't. And in this dream, I could see so clearly what I couldn't see in waking life. And so when I woke up, it was almost like a cry of release because I was like, oh my God, it makes sense. Like I see why the universe did this. I see why the universe cleared this person out of my life, no matter how painful it was. And that was really intense for me, especially again, I have this dream and I like wake up and then I just go to class and I'm just like living my life. But this dream kept on popping into my head. And I was just like, that was intense. Like it was a lot. Um, and again, we'll dive into exactly all of this. It's all gonna be tied together in a pretty bow by the end of this. But I started having very vivid dreams. Now that wasn't the first one that I had. I started having them quite, literally every single night and as odd as this is and I still am not able to make full sense of it I'm still kind of like why was that happening I had a dream about pretty much every guy I've ever dated really weird um again I'm not sure exactly if that even has meaning or what but I dreamed like literally two nights later that I was dating my high school boyfriend or that there was like an experience with that person in my life but and just how I felt. Depending on how long you guys have been watching me you might know these people. If not they're just exes of mine but I dreamt about dating Greg. I dreamt about dating Arthur. There was just people in my that have been in my life that were popping up into my dreams but in each dream it was very vivid and it was very much like an emotional like 
breakthrough of seeing things I couldn't see in waking life. And I kept on waking up and writing down exactly what was happening in those dreams and how I felt in those dreams and what the message seemed to be. And so that was really interesting. I can see what those dreams meant, but I don't know why they were happening in Bali, I guess. So yeah, that one I'm still a little uncertain of. I mean, I can tell you that the last, like the first one, sorry, where it was the person that was most recently in my life, um, that one definitely kind of came full circle by the end of the trip. And I guess in terms of the self-love aspect of all of this, it kind of came full circle with the dating stuff. But yeah, I don't really know why I was having dreams about all my exes. It was very interesting. It was very vivid. And it was almost like each night my brain just picked a new person and was like, let's walk down this wormhole again. Like as if, you know, that wasn't six years ago. So an important note um, to make, at least for myself, and this is where I'm going to start getting I'm sorry if I start getting uncomfortable, but I'm talking about things that I've never really talked about with other people before. Like, so this is new territory for me, but I, for the first time when I woke up after day five, which is the dream I had about the person who had most recently kind of like, you know, split, we've split up or we weren't really ever fully together, but you know what I mean? Yeah. I woke up that day and I wrote down my dream. I wrote down that, like I had that release, you know, and then I prayed. And I'm not one to really pray. I'm one to meditate. I'm one to journal. I'm one to kind of talk to my higher self. I like to talk to my spirit guides. I like to talk to all of those things, but I, I don't really pray. I don't really pray to like God. And this day I did. And I specifically prayed and asked for guidance and I asked for love. And love in the sense of not romantic love. I asked just for more, I guess, of a sense of self-love, but more universal love as well. Just that feeling of, you know, whatever you feel is okay. You're secure here. You're safe here. Just that like unconditional love, both personally and more universally. And for guidance as to what the hell that dream and all of this was starting to mean, because I was very confused. I was only five days in. It was a very emotional roller coaster to go on this trip and to be I mean, I could have just went and literally just focused on my yoga teacher training, but that's just like not who I am. I went and I definitely wanted to feel like I was doing some soul work. So I openly invited that into my life and boy, did I get it. So yeah, I prayed for the first time in a really long time. And it wasn't like the praying that I learned growing up in Catholic school or anything like that. It was just my own kind of dialogue with God. And that was very new for me because I, I feel like I've only done that a few times in my adult life and it's only ever been in times of like crisis or in times of panic, but this was more a time of just like, I just felt very grounded by this sense of I was having a conversation with God. I think that God is the source. I think God is the universe. I think God is unconditional love and universal love and energy and so many things. And so when I say that I was praying to God, it was just the first time that I ever really referred to God as God itself. And that was new and I didn't question it. I just kind of did it, journaled about it, moved on. And yeah, that'll also start to unfold throughout all of this. So yeah, I prayed. So as I continued to journal, I also made note of the fact that the one thing I kept on catching myself feeling was like, aside from Bentley, there was nothing really that made me want to go home to Toronto. Now, of course, friends, family, all of that, but I mean more so to come home to this home, this home that I'm sitting in right now. The only thing that was making me feel like I would ever want to really come back here was Bentley. And I was like, okay, so 
wait, what does that mean? And I really started to play off of this idea of, okay, how do I know what is my intuition telling me something versus what is my ego wanting something? And so I started to really look at everything through this filter and I, I wrote this whole journal post that is, ask yourself, is this ego or intuition? And then asking myself, I would write something and then I'd be like, is this ego or intuition? And then I'd write something else, is this ego or intuition? And I was starting to write these things about where I live. I was starting to write these things about what I do for a living, what I do for my job. Um, so many different things, what I want from my life, what I want for myself, what I want in a romantic partner. Is this ego or is this intuition? Is this a deeply rooted piece of my truth or is this a societal truth that has made me feel like I need this for my own sense of validation and security. And a lot of the answers that started to come up were very eye-opening. For instance, one of them being where I live, what my home is, even what my city is. And it, it kind of started to shock me and it took a long time for me to kind of process the fact that Toronto was even starting to feel like part of my ego rather than part of my intuition. And that scared me because then I was like, well, wait, if Toronto's not home, where is home? And these were all things I started to unpack. And I really just kind of allowed myself to open up to all of these questions. Cue that birthday post where I said I wanted to open my heart. So I really kind of cracked open and was like, I have all of these questions, God, give me guidance, give me love, and just show me what I need, show me the answers. And I asked all these questions. I wrote down whether or not I believed I was coming from a place of ego or intuition. And then I kind of left it there. So sidestep a little bit. I met a lot of incredible people on this trip and so many of them were so like beautiful in so many different ways. And I had so many deep conversations with so many people that really helped me a lot with all of these things too. And a lot of them I wrote down about as well, but there was one conversation in particular that I had with a girl named Sarah. This was the first day her and I had even really hung out and we started talking and then we just broke into this really deep conversation and she told me all about her life and I told her about mine and after that we talked for I would say like it felt like a few hours um, and this was our first day off in Bali. I went back to the villa and I grabbed my journal, I grabbed my crystal, I grabbed my headphones and I went up to the yoga chalet and I sat down looking over the rice fields and I just started to pour myself out into my journal and this is when a lot of my answers started to come through and a lot of the things that I just couldn't see again started to become very visible and a lot of the things that she said helped me shine a light on some of the stuff that I felt like I was going through. One of the things in particular that she said that I absolutely loved and I think I'll take with me for the rest of my life is that if you don't listen to your body when it whispers, you will hear it scream. And that even played into a lot of the body confidence and body image issues and things that I had felt like I had dealt with over the last few years as well as like I could hear my body whispering things to me and I wouldn't listen and then it would start to scream. Um, like just so many little things like that. I felt like I found so many little pockets of wisdom in this like beautiful soul. And I, yeah, I just kind of went back and I journaled a lot about it. So as I did, that conversation was definitely like a trigger for this big Sunday opening that I did. And I came through and journaled a lot about how I felt like a lot of the shadow work that I had went through for the last little bit, especially in 2019, started to show itself. And with this space that I was creating for myself in Bali, I was able to see so much, yeah, like shadows, so many little shadows that 
I could sense were around me for a while, but I couldn't look at them clearly. And they all just kind of stood out to me this day, at least. That's what it kind of felt like. And I journaled for quite a bit. I think it was like another hour or two that I just sat there and I just kind of like wrote all of this stuff out. It was like four pages in my actual journal. I'll read you guys some of the stuff verbatim, but this is getting very personal. So yeah. Also, this is probably going to end up being a long coffee talk, I'm realizing now. So we'll just start condensing them. Some of the stuff that I wrote is I find myself not being able to stand tall with my story or stand my ground because I feel like whatever I have to say is either too much or not enough, which is so weird that I just read that after what I just said to you guys because even now I just did that. Like I was like, okay, I'm either gonna be talking too much and people aren't gonna like it, they're gonna want me to get to the point or I'm not gonna say enough and then I'm gonna cut out a lot of the like deep stuff that happened on this trip. So yeah, I guess I'm still kind of struggling with that shadow. Another one is I feel like people think I'm dumb, naive, too young or too inexperienced. And again, that comes from just accepting too many things that I read about myself and thinking that because of my anxiety sometimes I stumble on my words or I'll mispronounce a word or because I'm sharing my own personal experience and it's different from other people that may have lived a completely different life that I'll start to believe that I'm inexperienced or I'll start to believe that I'm unintelligent and that's not the case. Another one, and this is again, this is very personal. Uh, I don't know exactly how I feel sharing this, but if it can shed some light on you guys or what you might be going through, then I'll just, I'll just do it. Um, this one is more about like romantic love and it says, I feel like I can get intimate mentally and emotionally or physically, but it's very hard for me to do all with one person. If I do one, it's really hard for me to do the other. And so I end up kind of meeting great people that I fall madly in love with, but there's not a lot of physical chemistry. Or I find these people that I have a lot of physical chemistry with, but there's not a lot in terms of emotional depth or like mental clicking that keeps it long, like keeps it around for very long. I talked about how being on this trip was triggering a lot of my just food problems or not problems, but just a lot of my tendencies and I was very aware of them and a lot of societal standards that I felt embedded in me and became very aware of them. I wrote that I feel like I don't belong anywhere and that was coming off of the whole, if Toronto's not my home, where's my home? Because I know my hometown isn't my home, even though it's where I grew up and I like going there, but it's not my home. So where the hell is my home? Where do I belong? Wanting to fit into society's norm, but also wanting to break it. And this is another one, I wanna do a full coffee talk on this so I won't get into it too hard, but just feeling like part of me wants to fit into what society likes and then part of me wants to break what society likes but breaking what society likes means that you're gonna be beating to your own drum with probably quite a few people versus giving into what society likes makes you feel safe and secure and maybe you'll have more people around you but then are you really being yourself feeling like I'm not allowed to take up space or be excited and happy this comes a lot from my childhood but also online I think that sharing a lot of my life and feeling like I almost have to always show that my life isn't perfect or like isn't pretty or isn't this or isn't that because I do feel that balance of like when I create a video I want it to be aesthetically pleasing I want it to be creative I want to share when I'm happy but I also feel like I always have to include things that I'm struggling with so that 
there's never that misconception that there isn't that balance in behind the camera. And then the last one that I wrote is, if you build your foundation on the wrong things, you'll never be strong and sturdy. You keep on trying to repatch instead of completely rebuild. And that one was kind of the breakthrough for me because I realized like that is pretty much how I feel like I've been living here in Toronto. Like I've been trying to repatch a lot of these things and heal a lot of these little things instead of just rebuilding. And not in the sense of like you need to completely start your life over, but instead of building it initially, if you have built your life initially on unsturdy things like societal norms or unhealthy behaviors, choices that you made in a different place in your life and you're just trying to rebuild from there, you might not, or repatch from there, you might actually just need to rebuild, which is exactly what I was experiencing. So after that, the very interesting thing that I wrote is star, 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 surrender, I let it all go. And then this is also really interesting. I wrote, I'm afraid to tap back into my intuitive side sometimes because she knows that I no longer need the things that make me feel good and safe. And again, that is that societal norm thing, that realizing that if I continued to open myself up and ground myself back into my intuitive energy, into who I am, my divine energy, all of those things, that I was a part of me was afraid because I knew that my deeper self, my higher self, my Atman, if you are into yoga, knows that the things that I think I want that make me feel good and safe, that make me feel validated in a very superficial way are things that I actually don't need. And that's scary. That is scary to any person, no matter who you are, because it is embedded in our DNA that we believe that if we are ostracized by the crowd or the group, that we will not survive. And I know that mentally we are not in the same places that we were way back when humans were evolving into what we've become, but that doesn't mean that these things don't affect us on a very deep, deep, deep energetic and intuitive level. So dipping into that intuitive side of myself and realizing that I'm doing things so that I can stay part of the pack. How do I find that balance of letting go of the things that actually don't align with myself without feeling that fight or flight energy of the pack is going to leave me behind. I'm going to be on my own. Society will no longer accept me anymore because I won't be playing by society's rules. And that was basically a lot of the shadow work that I was doing. So that was pretty deep. I'm gonna take another little mid-roll break, take a sip of my coffee so that we can all just digest that for a moment. And then I'll tie into how this all came together, where my clarity came through, and all of the answers that I ended up leaving Bali with. So now we get into the fun part. You know, we went through the trenches of, or I meant trenches, uh, of like the deeper stuff. And now we're gonna climb out and we're gonna start seeing some, some light over the horizon, some answers start to digest, some things start to come through. One of the things that I started noticing myself journaling uh, on upon looking back is that in week two, and deeper into week two, I started to realize that I felt more present. I felt more present with others and I felt more present with myself. And that kind of sense of clear-mindedness and crisp thoughts really started to feel grounded at that point. It was like I had thoughts and feelings that were coming through, but they felt very calm. They felt slower. And then when I was 
with other people or conversing with somebody, I didn't feel like I was in my head. I didn't feel like I was analyzing what I wanted to say. I felt like I was actually deeply listening to people more than I've ever done in a very long time. Or, I mean, I do it at times and I'm pretty good at it, but I, again, I just felt like I had broken through that ability to always be looking at myself and always be like aware of myself. It's self-consciousness and, and social anxiety. I felt like I was really kind of surpassing that and would catch myself journaling after talking to people. Lynette, who became a really good friend of mine on this trip in particular, and just like certain other people and feeling like, wow, I actually felt like I was really present for that conversation. And I felt like I was very tapped into this person. And it felt really good. I also had this night where, again, I went out and sat by the terrace and there was a lot of heat lightning in Bali, so I could hang out with the thunderstorms all the time. And I started to journal and I asked my guides to answer a few questions for me. I felt like I was really, again, getting that sense of clarity and that sense of depth come back and feeling answers start to come through. So I asked very specific questions, which is something you can do with your spirit guides or your deeper self, sense of self and all of that. Um, you usually, I mean, in my experience, you ask the questions and then you need to give your brain some time to kind of process and download those answers. So that's what I did. I asked my guides for answers on what to do with my job, on what to do with my living situation slash lifestyle, what to do with my heart, aka like, again, more romantically, but also in terms of even just kind of self-love. I feel like I've really lacked on that a lot lately. How I could better be of service or help the world. And then I asked for how to better let go of society's standards that I put on myself. Again, even though consciously I might know them not to be the best, they're so embedded subconsciously that you just catch yourself doing it. So those are the main questions that I asked myself. Then I did a tarot reading. I asked about the clarity that I needed. I asked like, what is the clarity? Show me the clarity. And I flipped the three of cups and the devil. The three of cups a lot of the times is like a friendly card. It's a lot about celebration with people and, you know, community and coming together and that to me signified like your clarity is happening right now. It's happening here in this environment, in this setting with these people and uh, in this feeling of celebrating things that you love and things that you enjoy and something you're very passionate about. And so that was kind of that answer of your clarity is, is here. It's right where you are and it's in within this experience. Like the devil card a lot of the times are addic addictions, uh, anything that's basically negative or holding you back. I wrote down specifically like letting go of shadow work, temptations and unhealthy addictions. And this is what I mean with like caffeine and you know, overworking myself and all of that. And I started to see like all of these unhealthy addictions that I had and the clarity of like, if I let those go, what does that mean? And so, yeah, that was like what the devil card was, was really coming through for me. It was like, okay, let go clarity on these things, the things that you need to let go of and clarity on what you're getting out of this experience is what your answers are. Then I asked basically for, uh, how is this going to unfold? And I pulled the Knight of Wands and the Knight of Swords. And so the Knights all move at different paces. And that is usually a signifier of time in the cards. And so the Knight of Wands, for instance, is the third fastest. So he's going pretty fast, but he's not racing. And to me, that was like, okay, currently right now, you are moving pretty quickly through these challenges, but you're not racing through them. And 
And on that card as well, there's three pyramids and those three pyramids are in front of him. And it felt like to me, it was like, okay, you're literally coming up to the peak. You're coming up to like the part of this journey that's going to be your troubles, like your challenges. You're coming towards your challenges. And then the Knight of Swords was like after. And the Knight of Swords moves the fastest in the deck. And to me, I took it as like, okay, but once this is done, once you've moved through your challenges, things will start moving very, very quickly and things will start to like unfold and digress. And I, now that I've even been back for two weeks, I can definitely say that that was 100% accurate. The messages I was receiving from my reading were very accurate. <laughs> and then last but not least, I asked what's coming for like the longer term future. You know what I mean? Like, is there anything else you want to tell me up there? And then I flipped the 10 of pentacles and the two of pentacles. Pentacles are earth in the tarot deck. And so that means it's a very earthly response. And 10 is completion. So the Ten of Pentacles a lot of the times is a very good card. It's a very abundant card. To me, it kind of felt like I was going to be, I would get everything I was looking for and searching for. And for me, it didn't necessarily mean earthly materialistic possessions. For me, it was more so you're going to get that love. You're going to get that guidance. You're going to get that wholesomeness that you're looking for in your life right now. It's coming and it's going to come in like spades. Like it's going to come full for you. Like it's coming you're gonna get completion. You're gonna get all of the things that you're looking for. And the Two of Pentacles, which is a card that has been coming up for me since the beginning of 2020. And it has confused the hell out of me for the longest time because the Two of Pentacles usually means that you're gonna be shifting jobs, changing jobs, or moving away. And I did not think I would be moving from Toronto up until going up to Bali. So it was very like, what? I must be changing jobs. And I kept on focusing on my work and my job and being like, okay, am I gonna quit YouTube at the end of the year like what's gonna happen and it kept on making me feel really anxious because I was like but now I realize that I'm probably well, I'm, I'm moving so that is exactly why the two of pentacles definitely came up so then last but not least I felt like I had this moment where I like to sit after I do a tarot reading and kind of just meditate for a second and kind of like that word clarity came through this message came through and it said you can't help the world until you help yourself first and for me, what that means is that you're going to be able to better help the world once you help yourself first, once you figure and heal this, all this stuff that's going on, all of this confusion, um, you'll be in a better place because you'll be fulfilled and abundant within that you can then turn around and start giving that back out. But yeah, that message kind of came through and I heard it loud and clear and I was, I was pretty emotional when it, when I wrote it down because I was like kind of finally admitting to myself that I was always looking at what I was giving out to like the world and I was like, what do you mean? Like I have to help the world. I have to help the world. I want to better the world. I want to better the world. I have to better myself. I have to better myself. But it was always kind of like, I have to give to myself too and give to myself, not in a materialistic way, like buying a new car and, you know, going on a luxurious trip is not, it's what society tells you is giving to yourself, but it's not, and it wasn't working. And uh, it was hard for me to fully admit that. And I finally did. I was like, I need to give love to myself. I need to give space to myself and patience to myself and really grounding values to myself. Um, and not just like an extra hour of sleep. One of the things that we learned about, and it's something that I knew about from doing even just 
part of the online course that I did last year was tapas. And what tapas is, is self-discipline. Tapas means self-discipline that comes from usually something that's very deeply rooted into you spiritually that allows you to keep going even when the going gets tough. Um, for me, I realized that my tapa through going through this has been my job. Like I, I realized very quickly, I was like, I've been sitting here contemplating if I'm gonna quit YouTube at the end of the year and I know I won't. Like I know I won't because I love this so much that even when the going gets tough, I've never stopped. Even when the going was as tough as could possibly be and nobody knew about it, like I wasn't talking about it, I still didn't quit. Why didn't I quit? Because it has come from such a deeply spiritual part of me that it just feels like something I've always wanted to do. And I was like, I'm not gonna quit my job. What am I saying? Like, there's no way. Like, as if I've even played with that idea. Like, I know that it's not gonna happen. And that came through so clearly to me where it was like, it's not your job, it's your lifestyle. And instead, I asked myself, you know, what along my path is bringing me the most pain? And I wrote down that it was my broken heart and my lifestyle, my work slash lifestyle balance, but mostly focusing on the lifestyle aspect of it. And so this night, I don't exactly remember ex what night it was, I'm sure I could find it in my journal, and this is where things start to really tie up. I surrendered to God. Now that sounds very intense, but what that means is I literally just surrendered. I was like, okay, I'm at your mercy, like I want to do your work, I want to Again, that sounds intense, and I know that we live in like a very sensitive time religiously, so I need to be careful about what I'm saying here, but I don't mean like I want to do God's work, but I do in the sense of it's the golden rule, doing unto others as I would have done unto me, but more so like shepherding souls that feel lost back home to themselves. Yeah, just like really bringing people back to their own values, bringing people back to who they are, and that's gonna be different for everybody, which is why I don't want anyone to do as I do. I want you to do as you do. But I basically just surrendered to God and was like, listen, I want to do your work. I'm never going to quit this work. I know that. I want to spread more light, um, but I'm surrendering my lifestyle to you and I'm surrendering my heart to you because it's been, it's been all types of confused and shattered. Yeah. Uh, God answered. <laughs> and, or I answered or my deeper, higher self. I don't know, whatever you want to say, but I got this like feeling or message that came through that pointed to the broken heart and said, I already cleared this and then pointed to the lifestyle and said, you are downloading this now. And within a few days, it hit me. So I'm teaching my 60 minute restorative yoga class and I'm laying there and there's more to this that I'm going to explain to you guys as the year goes on. But we go into this one position and I'm staring up at the ceiling and then it literally hit me. I could see it. I could see it so clearly what I needed, what I wanted more of, what I needed to let go of, everything. I don't know how to explain it. It just kind of came super crystal clear and it just like hit me like a ton of bricks. And I decided that I would move. And I, well, it came through that I would probably move. I would probably buy some property, buy a house. Um, and the things that I'm willing to tell you this far are that I do plan on buying a house. It won't be in Toronto. I plan on being closer to nature. And I plan on having a lot, a little bit of a, a lot slower of a lifestyle, but I really want to be able to grow food, um, again, be with nature, uh, be somewhere that I can travel often. And the main thing is definitely going to be just 
being able to live a more sustainable lifestyle, a more eco-friendly lifestyle, and just just root. I plan on rooting, and I'm really excited about that, and there's a lot more to it than you guys know, but I will share that as I continue to kind of make those changes, because it's just, we've been talking a lot today, and I also, I kind of like the element of surprise a little bit, and I want you guys to just like, be able to follow the journey through the vlogs and all of that, but yeah, it hit me. Um, again, I feel like I don't need to disclaim this, but I had a very emotional moment and I was trying not to cry in the middle of my teaching, but I was like, there it is. I see it. I get it now. And I was just like, thank you. Like, holy shit. I have the answer. And that's my story. So now that I'm back from Bali, I have read a lot of your guys' messages that you guys can sense a change, which is interesting because I sense a huge change too. I do feel more grounded. I feel like I haven't been drinking. Caffeine is completely out of my diet now. Like I won't be bringing caffeine into my life for the foreseeable future. Uh, caffeine is not for me, but I still love coffee. So decaf coffee will always be a thing and decaf lattes. And I will always drink cozy beverages, but they don't need to have the element or the drug of caffeine in them. So I'm very sober. I haven't drank still. I guess my conclusion is that, yeah, I definitely went through a spiritual awakening in Bali. Uh, it changed me. It changed the course of my future, changed the direction of my life, although maybe it didn't change it. It actually just kind of enlightened me to it because there really wasn't, I had no plans and now I have a very, now I have a plan. Um, it enlightened me to a lot of things that I couldn't see. It showed me a lot of my shadows. It also showed me a lot of my light. It gave me a lot of space to explore these things. And now I feel, even though it got cut short, I feel different in a very good way. Um, so yeah, that's my Bali awakening story. I thank you guys so much. If you're here by the end of this and you watch this or listen to this all the way through, I appreciate you. And if you guys, I don't know if you want to weigh in on this at all, if it reminded you of anything you've experienced, anything you want to share about this, just feel free to write it in the comment section. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know exactly how else to close this out, but you know, no matter where you're at in your own journey, spiritual or not, um, if you're going through an awakening, if you already have, I just hope that you feel grounded with who you are and, you know, take any of the things that you want from today, like the whole, I've really been taking the, is this coming from my ego or is this coming from my intuition? I've been taking that question into a lot of things lately. Um, or if you guys have any, anything you want to share, just feel free to add it down below. I love you guys to the moon and back. I haven't added, ended a coffee talk with that in a little while, at least I don't think. And now I'm just continuing to talk for no reason. So aside from that, I'll see you guys all in the next coffee talk and I'll talk to you guys then. Bye guys. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated US-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.